Okay, here we are, Creeper of Armstrong, um, without music. Music. Uh, and. Uh, Outlawed it. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, another um, ramshackle, shoddy um, episode of Creeper of Armstrong for you. That, um, new microphone, which is probably too loud, um, I can't tell. Um, but hello, I'm Ross. And I'm James. Hello, everybody. And uh, yes, welcome back to one of our now irregular. Yeah. But no less heartfelt, creepy with Armstrongs. Yeah, and I'm, I can see James um, today as well, which is lovely, and he's reclining on the couch. It's, it's uh, my new couch, Ross. Oh, lovely. We're, but, wearing uh, some... The size of this thing, look. He says, as he points it towards his crotch, which is um, right. the Heisenberg um, pyjama bottoms. Yes. It looks like he had a little, a little um, cigar in his hand. Is that, is that correct? No, I didn't. It's, it's my post-it note of information for the show. Oh, excellent. Cool. So we've got... So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight you've got four lines uh, of uh, of biro um, notes on the tiniest post that's known to man. <laughs> so you're, you're in for a, a treat this evening. Not off. Anyway, mate, how are you? you are, I don't feel like I've spoken to you in ages. I know, ever since our incredibly well-researched Star Trek episode, <laughs> where no one can remember the names of any episodes or what happened in them. Um, <laughs> Well, that's why people like. I think that's why people, if not love, then tolerate. Yeah, that's sure. why they come to us in their droves, in, in their <laughs> literal, literally tens of people come to listen. Literally tens of people. people. That's right. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, so lovely, and that that was good. And uh, before before we get down to uh, brass tacks and all the rest of it, first of all, how was your latest um, cosplay adventure? Oh, you you, not, you didn't. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, we haven't spoken about this. needs to know, Ross. Oh, yeah. So, um, this time I uh, dress as Sloth from the Goonies, which was a, a lifelong ambition of mine. Um, <laughs> was that, I noticed that that wasn't kind of... There was no padding. Was that just 100% natural Ross? Yeah, that was 100%. I know. The, the gut did... It was, it was the braces putting up made my gut look quite large on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, it went... Uh, quite without hitch this time. I didn't have to cut myself out of the costume with a bread knife, which was... Uh, well, that's, that's always a good start. H- however... Middle-aged women screaming at you and running up butt to you. No, unfortunately not. Not this time. Um, I think my brother went as a Ghostbuster with um, made uh, I was going to say fully functioning backpack, but what I meant was it had lights which switched on and off on it. Yeah. Made out of um, household items spray-painted, but it looked very good. Mm. Um, he, he won the uh, most people want to have their picture taken of him this time. Whereas okay. I, I had the most people shouting at me in the street, um, shouting, hey, you guys. That was, uh, was good. Nice. I did have a, uh, a, a Brummy um, Freddy Krueger give me a lot of respect. Was, oh, I love the costume. You know, I've never seen that before. You know, I go to a lot of these things. Yeah, was, uh, really good, really good. Um, that was good. But uh, two things I thought you might enjoy. Um, the sloth... Uh, Mask was gave me restricted vision, so I can only yes. see out of one eye. Right. So I managed to at one point. Monocular. Yeah, monocular. I managed to um, kick an old lady's walking stick out from underneath her at one point. <laughs> but, but I managed to catch her. Um, yeah, but it, and, it, but I was impressed that it was a marvel. It was a marvel branded um, walking stick at the uh, at the event. Yeah. Um, you were simultaneously a villain and a hero. Yeah, very much like Sloth himself. <laughs> um, well done. And then when we was out um, walking off to uh, McDonald's for our, our traditional um, Bournemouth Comic Con lunch, yes, uh, I I was distracted by a gold plated Bentley car oh. um, 
doing a, uh, a frequent turn um, near that, that round pizza place op- uh, just down the road from the Bic, opposite uh, six million postcards. And um, I didn't see a, a low wall, and um, I managed to fall over the low wall into a bush and drag my um, four-year-old daughter into the bush with me. <laughs> Parenting done right. But I had to give her a baby roof in order to stop her, uh, to cheer her up and stuff, but it was good. Well done. Whole event was good. Um, not as, it was probably the the least well attended of the um of the three I've been to in Bournemouth so far. So hopefully they'll raise their game next time. And mm. there's been much talk of this online of late, especially amongst um my friends. Now I'm not going to bore everyone with talking about how great the Melksham Comics Convention, which myself and the Paradox Comics Group are now heavily uh, associated with, especially after we won the pub quiz. Wow. Get in, you know how much I love winning a pub quiz. Um, but anyway, so we're obviously very closely associated with that, and uh, we did, did did some panels on that this year. But myself and uh, various people that I've met through that uh, were discussing online, saying, "Are there now too many in inverted commas comic cons mm-hmm. in this country?" Because let's face it, hardly any of them that are claiming to be comic cons are you basically just trading on the uh, the international reputation of San Fra- of San Diego. Yeah. Really, you know, most of them have no comics whatsoever. They are glorified, um, kind of uh, turn up and meet a celebrity mm-hmm. events, and that's not a good thing. And I think the Bournemouth one, as you said, they've had three in a year. Mm. Three in a year. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But they, they, still, they do have quite a lot of comics at, at them. Um, mm. But yeah, lots of um, random celebrities, including yeah. um, who was the WWF wrestler who uh, was a Native American. Um, and did like some kind of tomahawk move. Oh God! I don't uh, know. Katunga or something. No. <laughs> I know he was there. Um, not many people queuing up for him, but he was uh, being very um, animated, talking to a very young boy. I was, I was looking at him, and he could see that. that it, and I was really angry with him, and it was like. What? <laughs> Sorry, he's being very animated in front of a young boy. I was yeah. just wondering if he had the operating phone number for Operation Ujiri. <laughs> no, it was um. Yeah, it, it was enjoyable, um, but yes. uh, uh, yeah, I, I just I've got my um, idea for my next costume. Does I was to say I saw on social media that, that you've, you're already um, you've already turned your gaze to the to the next one. Yeah, it's going to involve more paper mache, and it's going to be even more. Um, uh, my vision will be even greater. Restricted. Yeah, greater. It's more elaborate. Um, it's not as elaborate, but um, I think it will. Uh, the, the, the clue I'll give is um, the recent uh, the revival of the Crystal Maze. Ah. Um, it's not it's nothing from the Crystal Maze, but it's from the yeah. similar era. But um, it's uh, there was a, re- a relation to that. But speaking of which, what did you think of the um, the uh, the short uh, lived revival of Crystal Maze? It's, on... it's one of the things that's on my post-it, Ross. Okay. Um, and first of all, right on on one hand, I was one of the people that thought. Oh, well done, Stephen Merchant, for going the whole nine yards mm-hmm. and shaving your head, thus making yourself look like Richard O'Brien. Of course, that's not why he had his head, head shaved at all, is it? I don't know. I, I don't know, because he's Caliban in the new Wolverine movie. Oh, okay. So he was just he had already shaved his head for the part. It was just a bit of, coinc- a bit of coinky-dink, <laughs> I think. But anyway, um, what I felt, well, I'm reliably informed by the internet that where they filmed that, is the Crystal Maze experience day that you can go and have. Yes, it is, yeah. 
Well, the, the one in London, but they're opening a big one up in uh, Manchester or something, I think, soon. Yeah. It looked, looked okay. It was pretty good. Okay, I thought Stephen Merchant was a brilliant um, host on it. I thought he was very good. He was. Uh, and I think it, it was made uh, 200% um, better that Ravish and Rick gave a, a, a brief appearance at the beginning. He did. Yeah. Although he was, he was kind of like Max Headroom-esque, yeah. wasn't he? I felt like that they've got him in cold storage somewhere because he looked so incredibly old. Yeah, well, I was reading... I don't want to be cruel. My, well, I will be. It's cooking with Armstrong. My first thought was he's been ravaged by AIDS. <laughs> no, James, he's, um, he's now declared himself 70% male and 30% female and takes regular uh, estrogen inje- injections, which is, which is he's, he says... Oh. Um, has shaved off the um, the masculine uh, testosterone fueled yeah. uh, edge, which he doesn't enjoy, and it's also given him a, a nice uh, small pair of breasts, which he's uh, he's very pleased with. Unbelievable, good Richard O'Brien knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I did look it up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it was nice to have it back on, but obviously because it's for charity made uh, and all the rest of it, I did feel like oh, well, this is rubbish because they, like the games were like this way too easy. And they were like, oh, because it's for charity, we're going to give you some more time in the Crystal Dome. No! If you're going to do it, do it properly. And I'm sorry, but again... But they would get money for charity. They wouldn't go to go paintballing in, in the New Forest or something, were they? It was a... <laughs> but still, and I would also say that the programme featured another person in my ongoing tirade against the state of 21st century comedy. How does Josh Widdicombe keep getting work? How does he keep getting work? Who would you have rather gone on then? And then oh, Alan Moore. Um, I don't know, but he's just in there with that league of just a, not quite as bad as bloody Jack Whitehall. He still just makes me swear and throw things at the television. Um, or my other nemesis, Corden, who, who gets everywhere. He's like a clap, yeah. frankly. Um, but he's he's not as bad as those two. But he is someone that I think. What do you on TV all the time? Why you look like a superannuated paperboy? Frankly, he looks like he should be stuff, stuffing copies of the advertiser with an insert from Comet. Come on, James. Yeah, that was four years of my life. Yeah, I but, but yeah, but, yeah, but you did look the right age at the time. You were fifteen. He looks like that now. Yeah. And you think like, mate, you're the same age as me. It's ridiculous. And also, you just think it's just not funny. And when I've when I've seen whenever I've seen the last leg, I do think. Oh yeah, come on, mate. You're not properly disabled. It's it's like people who use their their family's disabled badges to get preferential car parking spaces. You look at them, you think there's nothing wrong with you. And I, I I did look it up because when I saw it a couple of times, I thought, oh well, you know, I know that the Australian guy Adam Hill has only got one leg, and the other guy, even I'm not going to go there, but he's obviously got, you know, a, a severe disability. Uh, and then I was like, well, what's the matter with Whittacombe? And I looked it up and it was like, oh, he, he suffers from... so it's, it's virtually irritable bowel syndrome or something like that. And you're like, come on, mate. That, that's, there's nothing wrong with you. Stop. Stop, stop trying to get a sympathy off me. But anyway, I've got that one off the chest now. <laughs> so that did hamper my uh, my enjoyment of Crystal Bay's ever so slightly. Well, I think that was mainly down to you rather than the, 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 the yes. content of the programme well, itself. And I, I, James, I think- stop! Asking for sympathy or for me. I don't care if people are going to be cured of cancer because of this. Do it properly. Do it properly. That's right. Come on. You must adhere to the rules of the game. 
anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and speaking of which, what an absolutely uh, seamless segue. Yeah. I see that you've been doing quite a lot of board games of late. Oh, yeah. I'm just what's, getting... what's brought all this on? Uh, well, the main reason was uh, the guy who played um, a character in Mad Men, he was the guy who did all the, um, the TV stuff. I can't Correct. remember. I can't remember yes. his name is. Well, he's he's Harry Crane. Yeah, in Madman. Harry Crane on the show. Yeah, I, I somehow managed to pick up a, a podcast he did does called Cardboard, and um, right. turns out he's a big board game um, yeah. nut, and it reignited my uh, love of board games. Um, I was a did big. Tweet you? I seem to remember that, that he may have uh, contacted you. Yeah, I've had a little bit of a uh, conversation with him um, about some games and stuff, um, and uh, yeah, just. And, you know, war games having a big resurgence at the moment. Um, you know, it's not purely Games Workshop stuff. You know, I was a subscriber to White Dwarf for many a year. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, just really enjoying it at the moment. Um, yeah, but is there, is there anything that... Because I'm intrigued. Oh, is there okay. anything that's come along that you've gone, ooh? Yeah, um... So I, I always know. I was always nervous about sort of like trying to entice you to play any games with me, James. I always always felt it was something which you hated well, with a vengeance. Well, I've said before, is I'm very fussy. I'm yes. extremely fussy, Ross. Not about many things in life, obviously. Yeah. Um, my dating record bears that. It bears that one <laughs> out in the past. But um, I I can be extremely fussy, and there have been okay. And I was because of course you doing this has kind of made me think about it a little more. And there have been two board games in the last, or basically non-digital games, that I've played in the last 20 years that I thought, oh my god, I love that. And I could have played that forever. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so, both so incredibly obscure. I so what are they then? Right, first one was a game based on uh, 2018's Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. It's called Block War. That's a Games Workshop one originally. Well, there you are, right? Yeah. And so each each person had a tower or a mm-hmm. tower block, and you basically just like declared war and you know, fired stuff mm-hmm. at, at the people around you, or all based obviously on the roll of the dice and what have you. And you know, you could fire something, and if it was, uh, got high enough roll, the fire started to spread through the block, and so on and so. On. You know, it was great. It was, and I remember thinking that was fantastic, and I, I'm, I'm all about that. So it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Anything you know, I'm a simple soul at the end of the day, Ross. Anything that comes with a uh, instruction booklet that looks like a Tolstoy novel, I'm 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 going to I'm going to do yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. So well, that, yes, cool. I, I suppose the games I'm, uh, got me back into it, and these are going to be just so they they're still not mainstream games for anyone who's into games. These are going to be mainstream, so they're all going to be rolling their eyes at, at this. But Pandemic is one which. Um, really got me back into it it's a it's a collaborative game so you're not playing against each other um and you're you're trying to uh, cure a uh, uh several outbreaks of a disease and it's it's very cleverly done so just by shuffling the deck of cards and, and putting cards back into the deck and so on that it gets every game it comes right down to the wire whether you're going to win or you're going to lose, and um, it's it gets very very exciting towards towards the end. And I think it's like it's been even times whether you know we managed to save the planet or, or if it's all got and it and it it ramps up as you're going along. So it's got a, a real kind of um, uh, sort of drama to it. So that's really good. Um, uh, what else have we been playing? Um, been playing a game called I can't pronounce it properly. It's, a, it's the name of a city, Carsica, 
uh, Carcassonne or Carcassonne or something like that. That's quite nice. Um, you, you build like a little maps and like you sort of claim um, roads or cities and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, very, very, very simple, but um, quite addictive. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's one called, um, what was it called? Dice City. was played that with my brother the other day. It takes bloody ages to set up loads of little cards. But when you get going, that's really nice. It's just like you roll five dices, and um, it, uh, depending on what you got, you can sort of you build up your city, and then you can start attacking each other. So it sounds similar to the kind of stuff you like. But yeah, if, if you're up for it, I'll, next time I see you, well, you're going to come over at the end of next month. We I could, we I could have a game of Pandemic or something. The other one, I won't, I won't probably get this till after Christmas now. But the other one that I've really liked over the years, and I've always thought, oh, and that was great. And I see that you can still get it is the Illuminati mm-hmm. card game, mm-hmm. where the, the, the purpose of the game is you are one of like the secret overlords of the world, and you have to build up the biggest conspiracy you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that was great fun. But again, you know, you need you, you need like four or five people that are up for it, really, yeah. to face it. Well, there's a, there's a couple of games which I think you'd, you'd love, where they're like social... Um, so there's a game where, called Ultimate Werewolf, where uh, you all get given a card, um, I played this. Yeah, then everyone, everyone closes their eyes, and then the werewolf opens his eyes. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite good. Uh, that's 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 spun out of another another game called Mafia. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, or, or vice versa, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. So those are good. Oh, I'm I'm pleased that this was it was a uh, something one of my geeky obsessions, which has been reignited. I thought, well, it's a shame James would never play any of these with me. So that you know, as always, I need to. You got to try these things, haven't you? Yeah. You, you've got to give it a go. It's a bit like when I said, like for years, I said I hate sushi without yeah. having eaten. I just didn't like the idea of it, and then I tried it, and I found out I was absolutely correct. I didn't like sushi. Well, maybe we could have a, a podcast while we play a game one time. Mm, that that maybe stretched it a little. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of um, sort of conspiracies, um, something which I'm really getting into at the moment is a new podcast I've discovered called um, The Last Podcast on the Left. Have you heard of this before? Uh, yes, I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. You've got to listen to it. I, I realised the other day that I haven't listened to a Dot Two podcast in, in at least three weeks. Because I'm just... Christmas, man. What are you playing? <laughs> well, yeah, so it's... They are uh, three comedians who will go through... Lots of serial killers, so you would have like um, a free episode, each one an hour and a half long about um, like Ed Gein or something. Yeah, one of your favourites, yeah. Um, so lots of serial killers right up my street. Um, maybe listen to a little too many of them um, because I'm, I'm having trying to find out other people's works favourite serial killers, and they look at me a little bit strange. Um, and lots of um, conspiracy theories, like uh, lots of to do with aliens and. And David Icke and all that kind of stuff, but it's just hilarious. Where they talk about it all as if it's real, um, uh, but just at the same time exposing how absolutely mental it is. But something um, I was listening to, uh, they did an episode about um, gang stalking. Have you heard of gang stalking? No, go on. So it's uh, it's the apparently the the roots of it go back to the Stasi, um, uh, and it's something the Scientolo- Scientology actually does now. Um, mm-hmm. So when people, so I think they they're doing it to Lou Fru at the moment off of the back of his um, documentary where yeah. these loads of people to follow him and film him, or they would do things oh. like uh, uh, some, uh, 
but also there's a lot of um, mentally ill people who think they're being gang stalked as well, and they go, they go online and write massive long blogs all about it and stuff. Yeah. So um, so there's people complaining that lots of people were all open and closing their um, their car boots in unison to try and drive them insane, and uh, and there's one person who believes that um, he's being gang stalked because um, the, the the Illuminati have discovered that he's um, a bloodline of some. Uh, of some sort of space queen or something, but it's just—it's just amazing. Now, it's, this or you saying that will always remind me. Creek with Armstrong Gold, that guy who, when you were running revolting, yeah, basically emailed you asking for work. Yeah, and he was mental. Yeah, and he was saying that, that he's big thing again. I forget. I well, he thought Theresa May was trying to kill him by um, poisoning kebabs or something, wasn't that's it? Right. <laughs> that's right. Right, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, cool. so highly recommend it. The only, the only uh, provision is that if you listen to it, don't forget about Creepman Armstrong. You know, these guys have got like <laughs> several hundred um, uh, episodes in their backlog. All of them are absolutely brilliant. We only have one every so often, so just come back to us every once in a while. Um, but really good. Highly recommend that, that podcast. But it, the problem is the other day I was in a chip shop, just like cracking up, and. Um, you know, you know, when you when you try not to laugh out loud, it's all coming out your nose. While I was waiting for my chips, and the guy goes, "Yeah, you're right, mate." He, you know, yeah, he was a South African. So I was going to start doing a South African accent, but then well, out, out, of, out of context, it, it would have been a bit weird. But you say, "No, so what you listen to? Anything good?" And I wanted to say, "What are you listening to?" Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, the thing is, I was just I say, yeah, yeah, it's just a comedy thing. I couldn't say it's um, they're, they're taking the piss out of um, aliens um, sucking jizz out of some some um, man's dick. So it was just like I, I can't I can't tell you what I'm listening to now. It's just, uh, but it's really good. <coughs> Highly recommend. Well, totally we just ran out of the shelf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got on your list, James? What else? I come over here to try and make a new life for myself. Yeah. This is the sort of thing I have to put up with. Yeah. So on. <laughs> so what else you got? Have we finished your your your, um, your extensive uh, list of um, so no 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 no, no. Just it's the tip of, tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, indeed. Mm. Right, okay. So the uh, the big sorry, the screen just locks off. There you go. Right, the the um for me this month, the thing that's taken up most of my time is this. If I hold it up at the camera, Alan Moore's Jerusalem. Yes, there you go. Um. Long-time Creeping Armstrong fans will know what an absolute massive Alan Moore fan I am. Um, you know, perhaps if not my favourite author of all time, certainly in the top two, one of, one of the two, uh, one of the top two. And uh, basically, I uh, when I met him, which was back in two thousand and oh, man, I'm going to say Maybe something like that. I think it's in one of our old episodes. If you would like to go to the archives, you can find it. I said it. There's a full report of this on one of our archived episodes. So feel free to go and find it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, At the time, in making conversation with him, trying to not sound like an absolutely gushing fanboy and all the rest of it, I just said, "Oh, by the way, because I'm trying to look all cool, I took his first novel up to be signed rather than taking a copy of The Killing Joke or something like that. I'm not going to do that. Come on." Right, um, and so while he was signing that, we were obviously talking about his prose, and I said, "Oh, hey, how is Jerusalem, the new novel, coming along?" And he went, "It's a hair's breadth away from being finished." I said, "Wow, great!" 
And he said, yes. He said, it's currently longer than the Bible. And he said, mm-hmm. and there's more jokes in it. And, I, <laughs> you know, we all kind of went like that. I'm doing a ridiculous overacting here. I don't know why. Ross yeah. is the only person that can see me. Anyway. It's fine. I, I, I appreciate the effort. Good. I, I, kind of, I kind of acted like one of the Thunderbirds then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so, so we all had a good laugh about that. And I went, went away thinking, oh, brilliant. So he's about to finish that then cut through to 2016 and it's finally come out that's how long he's been working on it for but yeah it's just absolutely fantastic i just want to kind of flag up and say comic fans worth it worth the money Mm -hmm. however i do hold up to say that because it's a long it's three volumes anyway um so it's it's a long old book but then look at the size of the text ross hold up at the camera it's very bible-esque isn't it it's absolutely tiny like when i first saw it i thought oh my god my eyes gone mm-hmm. no, but i don't know it isn't the tiniest text note to man so you look at the first volume which is like okay so that's 350 pages but you think actually it's if it was done in normal standard paperback text size that would be about 700 pages so have you so, um, I've got a quick summary of it um well yeah it's uh it's uh, a combination of a lot of a lot of these different things uh really it's all about northampton Mm-hmm. In short, it's about Northampton uh, and Northampton over the centuries and over time, and it's all about how really it's all the perception of time. That perception of time, as Einstein said, is entirely subjective, and that's all down to us. And that really, if you think about it, all time exists simultaneously. So, what if you could step out of the stream of time and see all of it happening? Mm-hmm. So, what you've got is you've got these various different characters. So, you're getting stories from their lives. Um, and then how they echo through into others and mm-hmm. things like that. And then you've actually got people who are, for all intents and purposes, angels, but it's without that theological aspect to it. Uh, and how he does ghosts is very interesting as well. It's people that just kind of can't let go of the physical world. And all they can do is go back into their lives and relive days from their lives. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. So that's it. Because that time is there forever. You know, they can, they can, like, so they can go back to 1950-whatever. Mm-hmm. And all you can do is reenact... 1950 over and over again. Interesting. Sounds good. It, oh, it's fantastic. It's just utterly compelling and really, really good. So, yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time and you know, just right for the winter, really, as the winter evening starts to, to draw in. Okay. It's been lovely to be able to sort of lose myself in that. But, yeah, that certainly gets the, the big thumbs up from me. I just um, finished reading David Mitchell's Slade House. Have you read that one? Ah, now, that's the one that's the kind of companion one to the bone clocks, isn't it? I haven't read the bone clocks, but so now, now hang on. What's now? Hold on a second. Hold on. Now with the bone clocks, I've got it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've either lent it to someone. Oh, I hate this, but this happens when you think. How many books have I got? Right, so, you know, this happens all the time. Yeah, because I remember. I'm sure I said to you probably whilst having an alcoholic beverage. I'll just say, oh, you can have my copy, mate. You can have mm. my. Copy. So I've got it, and I've got it somewhere, but I can't think of a bloody knife for me where it is. But anyway, did you enjoy it without having had read the bone clocks? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I wasn't aware that um, it was related to anything else, so that's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, I, it's. Do you know anything of, of it? Do you know? Yes, well, I'm vaguely aware. Yeah, so you came out saying, "Oh, spin off of the bone clocks." Where? Yeah, so it's essentially about um, this. Uh, alleyway which has got like a door through to a house which no longer exists right and um uh, every uh, and there's um some uh, people from 
the past who have, have like created a bubble of time. Yes. Um, but they've got uh, in, in order for them to become immortal. So their bodies are in there, but their their consciousness can sort of roam around uh, right. and the take over other people's bodies while whilst their 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 real bodies are cap- captured in this bubble. Mm-hmm. But in, in order to keep that bubble there, they um, every nine years they need to tempt someone into uh, the bubble yeah. uh, and get them to eat some magic thing. Um, and then they can they can suck out their souls and uh, right. and, and keep that that going. So it's um, it's a it's almost like a, a series of short stories. It's very similar to the career, I believe, of Status Quo. <laughs> right. I, think, I think that's what they do, isn't it? Yes, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so it's a series of short stories um, over the, each of those nine year gaps, okay. um, and it's seen from the point of view of the of, of like the prey of sort of thing. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, very good. The, the The first one, it felt to me quite um, a little bit cliched. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, this is not... Like, I love David Mitchell. I, if someone had to make me pick a, a favourite author, I would probably say... Uh, out of all the, he's someone who I pretty much always enjoy. And I was like, oh, this, this, first, this first chapter is not up to standard. Like, it's, it feels like um, very sort of... I don't know, like not an established author's written this is quite cliche but then as it got going after that it was one of those things you know I, pr- I pretty much finished it in two sittings it was yeah, really, yeah. really good so highly recommend that but I'm interested to read Bone Clocks now um, so I should, see I should I... seek it out and start yeah. to make inquiries as to who's got it and where yeah so I still need to go back and finish off the um, the one which was like what's it called The Thousand Summers of Jacob de Souza something so oh, yeah. right yeah. now yeah, it, it was that was good, but it just started turning into like a uh, like a ninja fest, and I was like, "Oh, this has gone a bit weird," which was very much like um, uh, Daredevil season two, which uh, yeah. I, I finally finally managed to finish. Um, okay, well, that's good because that's going to again. God, we're really good on the seeking tonight mm. because the other thing I was going to talk about is Luke Cage. Oh, I haven't started that because I feel like I need to plow my way through Jessica Jones, and I, every time I. <laughs> Get an episode. Think, Fuck this is shit. Yeah. So sorry. Um, I haven't got onto that yet, but I, I do feel like I need to get the other stuff out of the way first. Okay. Well, well. First of all, Daredevil series two. As bearing in mind, um, I should just say for the benefit of our our listeners, um, during our teenage years, which people love hearing about, um, Ross was a big, big Daredevil fan and loved all the kind of Anacenti run on Daredevil. Mm. Is this true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. So Ross has got. A big, big love for Daredevil. More, far, far more so than, than I. Um, and I know you enjoyed the first series. Mm, very much. It was great. Uh, I thought the second series was... was sorry? Go on. Oh, so I was going to say, so having now watched series two, big Daredevil fan, mm-hmm. what, what did you make of it? What did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mm. it, I just felt that there was too many ninjas in it. Uh, yeah. it, it the And I think... I was surprised how quickly they they seemed to get the, the Punisher story out of the way. Exactly. I thought, I thought the Punisher was was really good. Yes. Um, I felt like the um, but the the kind of reveal of like what was going on and who killed his family and stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, hang on, this is this should be a bigger part of the story yeah. than it actually. And yeah. you sort of jump to the end. Uh, it's the guy, they forget about him for a while, don't they? Yeah, and then come back and um, I kind of. Um, yeah, just just too many ninjas, uh, too many ninja fights. Um, still enjoyed it though, very much. Yeah. I think the guy who plays Daredevil is brilliant. Um, yes. I, I really enjoyed the episode when they were almost like doing like a 
a heist in order to try and get the uh, the book from off of the uh, yes. uh, from like the Yakuza kind of town and stuff. And, yeah. yeah, very good. Um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing it another season of it. But I think it's the problem with um, the way Netflix release stuff where you can binge it. Mm-hmm. It's like so if you end up watching like I did like four or five episodes in a yep. row when every episode is, is um, ninjas, pretty much. It's like, oh, fuck. You know, okay. yeah, yeah. So too, enough of this. So there's a few things here. Um, first, firstly, um, I'm large, largely in agreement with you. What I feel with Daredevil um, is that they they overcooked that pot mm. in, in Series 2. And it's interesting when you watch it, with Jessica Jones and now with Luke Cage, I think they've sorted that out slightly. Mm-hmm. And as much that there's just kind of there's too they spend too much time trying to set up too many plots. You see, for me, watching that, the strongest plot there, without a doubt, was the Daredevil one. Sorry, the Punisher one. He was fantastic. The whole thing should have been about him first of all tracking down the Punisher or and, and hijinks to do with that. And then the court case should have been central mm-hmm. to it and should have been straight. Because for the most of that series, they don't have him being Matt Murdock. It's like, well, where's Matt Murdock? Yeah. He's just off. Yeah. It's getting back in the court. Get him back. That's what makes him interesting. Mm. Get him back. One of the things, get him back in. Um, and it's like, oh, I understand why Foggy would just be really peed off at him the whole time. Yeah. Right. So, and then having kind of like Karen Page go, oh, I, I'm going to research and punish his family now. And I was like, you know, the. This, this is all a bit unnecessary. And for me, like lo- loads of the, the comics guys loved her and thought she was great. I thought Electra was rubbish. I just thought she was really dull and disinteresting. And I thought all of the stuff with the hand, like you, I was like, I just don't care. Mm. And I think that what you can do is, that, and this is another one of the Netflix problems that has been, is they make too many. Mm. They make it because they want to get like the value for money or yeah. whatever it may be. This thing of making it 12 or 13 episodes, yeah. it's just too long. When really you only need nine or you need ten for these. Uh, and I really love the Kingpin bit as well. When he was... He was fantastic. That was the best episode. That yeah. was brilliant. That was uh, and as well as obviously the um, the fight down the stairs beating up all the, uh, the bikers. And also I really enjoyed when he was um, uh, kind of like rescuing the Punisher Fighting alongside him, but at the same time stopping him from killing people. I thought yeah. that, 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 yeah. was, that well, was good. That, that, that's proper comics isn't it? Mm. Um, but so then, uh, watching that, so yeah, and I think we, we've mentioned before, um, Jessica Jones is definitely worth watching. And really? Far, far more focused as a result. But again, stretched out a little bit too long. Yeah. They could, they could wrap up. And I was really looking forward to Luke Cage just because uh, you know, all the music, and I will say this for it, it is the best soundtracks Marvel show they've done so far. Amazing. And I also thought that Luke Cage was the best, one of the best things in Daredevil Series 2 too. Oh, no, no, he's not in that, is he? No. He's in Jessica Jones. He's one of the best things in Jessica Jones as well. Yeah. So, entire, so he's... Oh. So I've, I've went back to Jessica Jones thinking, okay, I want to watch Luke Cage, so I better finish this. Yeah. I think I must be near the end now. And I put it, I said, fuck, I'm only on episode four? Oh, shit, yeah. this is, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. does so, it like, get better? Sorry? Does it get better? It just feels... Well, Jessica Jones? Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it picks up towards the end. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's that um, thing of, for me, uh, you know, currently the Marvel and the Netflix shows overcook themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just too, too much. It's if you plan for a proper, you know, for, for a proper, proper series of, 15, 16, 17 episodes, that's fine. 
but I don't think they've quite mastered that art yet. Whereas other shows which we highlight and say, oh, wow, fantastic, you know, going from things like The Wire or Breaking Bad, those were properly plotted 15 and 16 and have got the characters involved to make 15, 16 episodes. Yeah. Whereas when you have one central character... True well, character. yeah, well, even in Daredevil, you got... It does feel... And I felt this was more like in the in the first season that okay, you, essentially you've only got like four or five cast members on this, yeah. and and often you're just showing them in the same room. It, it gives, yeah. Um, it felt, yeah, I think often they're saving up the bigger set pieces yeah. to do it. But um, yeah, and I think it really notices when you just get it drip fed, as you said, without kind of too many ninjas thing. When you get a show drip fed to you every week, you don't notice so much. But yeah. then when you're flashing through four episodes back to back, you think, oh, this again. Mm. Oh, you know, come on, I know where this is going, just hurry up and get there. Yeah, very much so. But anyway, I still say I would still highly recommend and I think Luke Cage has been the one that I've enjoyed the most so far. Cool, I'll, I'll, I'll get on to that then. Yeah. So, so let's get on to Westworld then. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I, I love it. I'm one of the people, I'm two thumbs up at mm-hmm. the moment. But then again, as with True Detective, I think I am the in 100% target market for this show. You know, oh. Do you like philosophy? Do you, do you like do you like quite quite deep ideas? Yes, I do. Or do, do you like really nice cinematography and things? Yes, I do. Do you so like we've got a show for you, young man? Woohoo! Oh, sorry, yeah. aged man, I should say. And yeah, it is. It's exactly all of those things, you know. As in the, in the uh, I take it you've just watched episode three. Yes. Yeah. The fact they're talking about the bicameral mind. Yeah. I mean, that's going to fly over the heads of a lot of people, but. One of the coolest ideas I did as part of my philosophy degree is the bicameral mind. The notes that, you know, kind of the Romans all said that, you know, when you read, go back and read the accounts of various different Roman campaigns, you often say, and at one point the gods spoke to us mm-hmm. and we did this, or we consulted the gods and we did that. Yeah. And this guy, Julian James, suggested that, in fact, that when they say that, that our consciousness hadn't formed properly yet, that we hadn't, the, the corpus callosum in our brains hadn't formed across. And so what was um, what we now understand as our intuition or our gut feelings about things would have literally come into our brains like a broadcast. Yeah, or, or even though just trying to think, well, wh- where have I got this spark, idea. this idea from? Yeah. Where, where does that come from? But yeah. yeah, it must have come from somewhere else, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah. like, yeah, often... Brilliant. There's a TV show referencing this? Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah all so, about Especially that. If, if these... these uh, these things are, in effect, playing out storylines. As, as so, mm. I, I've been listening to um, a very good uh, Westworld podcast called Decoding Westworld, which is mm-hmm. um, done by um, my favourite um, Game of Thrones podcast uh, people, and and uh, they were they picked up on one of the things where they were saying in the real world everything's chaotic, um, but mm. whereas in the game everything's there for a reason. Yes. And I think. It makes you feel like if someone, if these beings were in this world and that, and they are effectively playing out a storyline, if they mm-hmm. suddenly became aware that you know they things which were ha- they were doing things or saying things or or uh, doing things in a certain way which they had no control over, you know mm-hmm. how how would they deal with that? Because well, something's telling me to do this. I'm being. Uh, it's like there, there, there is a fate. There's like a narrative to my life which I've got no control of. So where does that come from? I think yeah, it, yeah it's very interesting. Um, yeah. I feel at the moment uh, Westworld is... I'm enjoying thinking about it and listening to people talk about it and talking about it more than the watching of it, it itself. Um, yeah. 
it just, um, mate, I, I just, I think, like you said, it is a lot. It is a lot about ideas, and I think it's a, mm. often you need to have the time to think about that rather than yes. when it's happening at the time. Mm. Um, I, I felt the third episode because they, and I think they, they're doing things like you know they're repeating the plots which you saw in the first one because that's part of it. Yeah. You know, exactly what yeah, we were just talking about there. However, uh, as a watching experience, I'm not sure how satisfying that is at the moment. Um, mm. I, I, I get the feeling watching it as I got when I was watching Gattaca. Um, yeah. Not Gattaca. Fuck, what's it called? Um, Caprica. 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 Very similar kind of feel to it. But yeah, I, I definitely want to. I'm going to carry on watching it because I, I'm enjoying the. Uh, the uh, the ideas behind it. Um, I'm I know that they've uh, they recast people off after the after the pilot, and then they also pause production to retool a lot of it, um, uh, and mainly to get their five seasons um, sorted out because they yeah. didn't have that in place. Um, I got no idea how they're going to get it to, to run more than one season at the moment, um, and keep and still keep it interesting. However, I've heard some really good theories, which um, we can maybe discuss if you want to tell you some of the theories I've heard. Yeah, well, fire away. Okay, so um, well, when um, uh, the man in black was talking about he's trying to get to the maze, he wants to get mm-hmm. to, to the next level of the game. I already said to Beck that I think that the, what we're seeing. Um, uh, with the where they're making things, I feel like that's um, their robots as well. I feel like some of those. I feel like so, that, that's so another, I, that's I, another I, level I, of the that, game. That will be revealed. I think certainly without a doubt. There's people there in true Blade Runner style. There's people there that don't realise that they're they're machines. Yeah, exactly. Um, they keep talking about this this incident that happened thirty years previously. Um, I think I think it's a red herring when people say, "Oh, it's a sequel to the." Um, to the, uh, I, I, I feel like everyone died. I think in my I, in my mind, I start thinking, oh, are there actually humans left? Um, because mm. or are, are are we left with computers entertaining, so robots entertaining robots, sort of thing? Whereas, okay, well, well, with the whole white hat, but you know, the, the guy who turned up, you know, and we saw it from his perspective. Yeah, but but what that, that robot? Yeah, but he could, but you didn't see. Where he came from, because um, it's, it's a, the whole thing at the moment where we got the um the, the uh, American um election, and they found out the majority of the tweets um going out were from bots on both sides. Yeah. and something which we've been talk- playing around with a lot of works. And I said, you know, when the world ends, um, there'll just be um, solar powered um servers somewhere with bots just talking to each other for like millions of years afterwards. You know, and are these things would they end up evolving if they were doing that? Um, so it. it that's an idea I feel like maybe there aren't any humans left or or Anthony Hopkins is the only human left that might be a thing but one of the things I really like though um, someone said that it could be possible that the two chaps who who come into the park the the, the guy like you said the one who's got the black hat and the white hat that, that could be 30 years in the past and we're watching a uh, timeline of the, in the past as well as the, and he's going to end up becoming the the old guy I've, I've heard that I, I've, I'm not sure if it will be him becoming the, the guns, gunslinger mm. but I do think that we could be being given a bit of a, a sleight of hands yeah because with the girl them saying that she's the oldest robot there yeah exactly 
Yeah. And I was saying to Beck today when uh, they keep they keep when they um uh, I can't I don't know any characters' names at the moment. Yeah. I'm apologise. But when the the uh, the black guy's got her in that room and he's getting her to tell her tell him stuff that happens. Mm. Maybe he's getting her to tell him stuff things that happened in the past. Yes. You know? So and that's part of what we're seeing is yes. um, her description of what happened in the past. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like all these things, you know, they've gone out of the way to show you. You know, when they go in, um, not not the park itself, but like when they look down and it goes so far into the earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if they are, if they are on Earth, that's another thing which I can do. Okay, so that's interesting. So, um, yeah, it could be just um, if it it manages to keep that I that thing where lots of theory. It's what I loved about Lost. Of course. I thought the ride was better than the actual um, destination. Destination yeah. where if we're watching this for five years time and we're still going, okay, maybe this has happened. Maybe this yeah. happened. That'd be brilliant. Um, so, uh, but I do feel like um, you know the, the the people who are supposedly running the park are, are are actually part of the next level of the game. Yes. Um, yeah. It wouldn't surprise. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I think uh, it's nice that you're getting a very different experience out of it than I am mm. at the moment. I spoke to Lily about it, and she said, because we, we were talking about like the uh, artificial intelligence thing, and she said that she prefers uh, Ex Machina, or Ex Machina. Yeah, so I haven't seen that, so... Yeah, which, go, which goes along with a lot of the same principles and ideas. And if you've not seen Ex Machina, watch Ex Machina, it's brilliant. Okay. Um, but that whole thing of... Don't spoil it, I haven't seen it. You've not seen Ex Machina? No, 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 sorry. What? Anyway, the whole thing, and this is not a spoiler, the, just the thing of, well, how intelligent is the robot mm-hmm. is the thing there. And the whole thing of a conversation between the robot and its creator looms large in Ex Machina. Yeah, like I quite enjoyed today when they were saying, um, when she started asking about his son. Because, um, mm. why did you ask me that? And then, you know, it's about... You can fake the Turing test. You can make yeah. people think it's real when it, yeah. it's not. That that's a uh, that's really um, interesting, mm-hmm. and and it's it's stuff. And Humans series two is starting soon as well. Because, um, I, which, oh, I, I was saying though that like Humans is like te- a Tesco value version. Oh, but I loved Humans. I thought it was really good. Mm. Uh, yeah. um, I don't know. I th- I think with a lot of and just this is only a very quick one, uh, just because it's all up on Netflix now with the new series of Black Mirror mm-hmm. starting up. Sometimes, like we do things, which you're like that was brilliant. I watched it because you know so many of them I missed when they were on. I saw the um, the white panda one. Can't remember what, what happened. I've, I have seen all the. I did okay. see them all. That's what happened? The one where she wakes up and everybody's filming her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That was great. And you think, wow, that was that was you know. And even though it's like you think, what would that actually what you know all of that, the fun of the surprise and that, and you being wrong footed and the yeah. revelation. It worked really, really well. And I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. We do that. And that's really, you know, again, as I think we've mentioned so many times before with science fiction, we do gritty better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think like the first series of Misfits was as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm strong classic there. But then I watched the one with the guy who was almost Doctor Who, who, when he, when he's the animated bear. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought it was awful. <laughs> Yeah, I thought there was a varying quality, but still, you know, still yeah. better than most things on television. So I think that's that, that's my thing with so much British TV at the moment, and then this era of peak TV and all the rest of it. There's so many things you're like, well, I, I would like to really get behind a lot of British stuff, but you watch it and you're just like, 
it's just not as good. And partly thinks it's because we still don't quite have the writer's room thing fit, mm. figured out properly yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe just because we can't afford it. But that whole thing of, you know, American shows where, we mentioned this, but I'm sure we probably have, where even though, yes, an individual will be, you know, be the person that goes away and writes the episode, the whole thing gets thrashed out in the writer's room. Yeah, there was a, an amazing um, uh, Battlestar Galactica um, podcast when they would just go, do you remember the episode Scar? When there was a, yes, yeah, where they, they recorded the whole of the writer's room process of going yeah. through that. Really good. Yeah. And I think that's what we don't have in this country. So yes, every now and then you do get these amazing individual voices come out and you go, well, do you know what, that was really good and that was really hard hitting. But then sometimes you're like, Mm, yeah, because I thought how much better, and I'm sorry for any sacrilege that, that goes on here, but um, the dying and the dead. I didn't watch it. The uh, the, the ghost. Yes, yeah, I didn't right. watch it. Fantastic. Really enjoyed them, but you did think this is such a brilliant idea with a with a great, and of course, it was the one guy. It's the guy that does um, that, that did Life on Mars mm-hmm. and Ashes to Ashes. And you think, with a really good writer's room, this would have been the best thing you've seen in the last 15 mm. <laughs> You know, it was, you know, because it had spooky moments, and again, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but one of the most innovative takes I've seen on ghosts in a long time. And all the aspects were there. The whole thing of, well, the moment that the Industrial Revolution came in and, and, and changed old England forever. And, and like, that, that farming aspect and, you know, living on, off, off of the land, all of that stuff brilliant that's really great you know the moment that met the modern world and so it's got like the wicker man vibe to it all of that there's so much great stuff going on but then there were some issues some episodes where you're like this is plodding <laughs> this is absolutely plodding along here and yeah. this could be sped up or you know so again i think that's just that that thing i i think for british tv at the moment which is like it could be so much better but again you know, money is the issue yeah but yeah horses for courses as well yes. sometimes yeah um the not the, the the season coming up, but the season after that, Doctor Who's going to be a writer's room. Um, is yeah. So when Chris Chibnall takes over, he's going to be doing a writer's... It's going to... Because he's done... He worked on Law and Order and stuff in, in the States and stuff. And he's um, going to be doing, oh, doing it as a writer's room. Well, that will be interesting, won't it? Yeah. So... Wow. Interesting stuff. Right. And then finally from me, just it's just a reiteration to say, oh, Christ, I'm excited. The, the latest trailer for Rogue One... Yes, very good. Sweet Christmas. Again, I, I, I'm saying this so much because of Luke Cage at the moment. He's a, but Man Alive, fantastic. I just think this is, again, I'm the target market, but it looks so good. And it's, I'm, I'm now at that point of thinking, just just please be half as good as I'm expecting it to be. Yeah. Please that. Please don't make it so you've done that thing where you've just managed to put together very clever trailers where you've made it look brilliant. And then I'm going to come out and go, no, that was dreadful. But no, the more I see of it, the more I'm just like, this is going to be the best thing. I'm so very excited. So yes, that was yeah. nice. if you've seen it and what you thought. Uh, same, really. Um, I'm not sure about the, 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 the girl's voice. Uh, that, that was yeah, a, she sounds a bit weird, doesn't she? Yeah, but I'm sure we get used to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the amount of people who still don't... Yeah. Get it. Don't get it. What? What? Yeah. yeah. So I hope Luke Skywalker's going to do more of this one rather than just standing up. What? Okay. So, no, 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 no. Yeah, yes. Or loads of the students at school don't get it. Yeah, and well, it's just, I don't know if, if the marketing um, machine has been has kicked into gear yet. Um, 
Or is it one of these things where you think, oh, right, okay, this is why people don't do anything clever in in the <laughs> cinema because no one fucking understands? But yeah, yeah, that whole thing of, like, bearing in mind, obviously, I teach a lot of very geeky boys, and I've got my hardcore coterie of geeky lads. Oh, so can we watch the trailer? Yes, you can at lunchtime. Let's put it on. And then kind of lads going, so, so which one, when's this? When's this happening? Yeah, it's not and that hard. And if you say to them, it's episode 3.5, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. They get that. But if you go, it's set before the original one. Well, yeah. so like before the prequels. No, 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 no. No. And you're, oh, gosh. It's hard being a geek sometimes. Yes. Exactly. Anyway, so, yes, watch, we, we should wait and see what happens with that. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and I think Halloween coming up. Looking forward to, uh, personally, looking forward to seeing the Blair Witch um, sequel, but I've probably got no interest of yours. It's what? already been out, mate. Has it? Has it been and gone? It's gone. Oh! That's the nightmare for you. Yeah, I'll have to try and find it illegally and watch it at home. Oh, Yeah, that's it. I, oh. I don't get to the cinema anymore, you see. Well, you know, you're a busy father, aren't you? Yeah, well, I did go the other day, and the film I wanted to see wasn't on, so I, I had to watch this random film. Uh, it was... It it was someone related to Ridley Scott directed it, and it was about um, uh, it was a I can't remember what it was called. That was it was it was someone's name, and it, they were like sort of like genetic engineering um, oh, life forms. Wait, sorry, you, you broke you broke you broke up entirely. Then I oh, don't worry. It was, it, was, it was boring. Anyway, I, I went to see a random science fiction film at the cinema. Yeah. It was okay. Um, it had um, uh, the uh, John Snow's girlfriend in it. Um, yeah, you know nothing, John Snow. Rose Leslie. Yeah. So and, and that was okay. Can't remember what it was called. Can't can't really remember the plot. So um, I hope you all enjoyed that little review there. <laughs> We've got our fingers still right on, on the, the pulse. Yeah. Culture. Yeah, but in the middle, this podcast was quite good today. I thought. I'm not bad for us. Yes. Our, our segues were quite nice. Yeah, very good. So um, I think we're just coming up to the hour mark. Um, Perfect. It's um, it's eleven o'clock at night here, which is at least four hours um, past my bedtime. So, oh, sorry, no. but I call that to, it's my fault. Um, but it's recorded to an end this evening. Um, right. Hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please share it with your friends. Give us reviews on on uh, iTunes if you possibly can, and um, and cut watch. Uh, hopefully you'll be listening to all the podcasts we've recommended today and um, and when we get around to doing another one you'll still be into podcasts and we will pop up on your feed nice yeah. and I always like to say I hope this finds you well whoever okay. and wherever you are thank you for listening and we will see you next time end of the month you think Ross yeah going uh, to do one when I come down and see you yeah definitely okay imagine imagine some music is is fading in here um, and uh, and it's really professionally produced and um, hopefully you'll give us a better review on iTunes. Okay, Hello. bye everyone. Bye.